there was a time and place that this university was feared. My goal as the head football coach at the University of Tennessee it is to get us back to that point. All right? Let me just quote the late, great Colonel Sanders. He said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. What is that? That's what she said. When you think about running through the tea at Nayland Stadium for the first time this Saturday, does that give you a little bit of chicken skin? Chicken skin, you know. You know what I'm making reference to when I say chicken skin? You're no, Southern boy. I ain't got no idea. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings. Good morning. Afternoon. Evening. Brunch time. Lunch time. Holiday week time, Thanksgiving, feast time, maybe final week of the football season time. Still early in basketball season time, though. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker studio here, recording this on a Wednesday afternoon before heading on over to football practice for the day going to release this probably on a Thursday or Friday. We will see how the week develops. Big week for for Tennessee athletics, guys. It's uh clearly it's the uh wish this game had a bit of a, a nickname to it, but it's the Tennessee Vanderbilt game, Volunteer State Battle. They don't have anything like the Governor's Cup or anything. I don't know. Maybe there is a name for this game and I just never really know it. It's just kind of Vols Vandy is what it is. Certainly a much more uh, important game to Tennessee than it used to be. It's always been a really important game for Vanderbilt. And uh, it's kind of one-way traffic there for a long time. Now Tennessee's lost four of the past six to the Commodore. So this is obviously a really big week for Tennessee. Bowl eligibility on the line for the Vols and the Commodores. Winner will go bowling. Loser will not. Don't know if that's the Liberty Bowl there. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl in Memphis or the Belk Bowl in Charlotte or what bowl that would be. But that looks like two of the more likely scenarios. But regardless, we know what Tennessee's future is if the Vols do not win this game, and that is the season will end. Jeremy Pruitt's first season with the Vols, despite being pretty, um, I would say, probably more optimistic than anything else. I thought this would be a five-win team, and that's turns out that's going to be the floor for this team. So... Certainly being able to go win this game would would make them at least one win better than I thought they would be. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those deals where once you set yourself up for a, a pretty good season, once you kind of put yourself in position to exceed some expectations and you, you beat a couple ranked teams, you do a couple good things, once you do that, then you want to go ahead and finish the thing. Because then it's disappointing if you don't. And I don't know why that's why we think of things that way. It's like if I thought this would be a five-win team and it ends up being a five-win team, but it loses its past, you know, kind of last two games, is that a disappointment? It'll feel like one. But if the team is what you thought they were, is it a disappointment? I don't know. It's weird how expectations sort of go like that. Certainly, I think that we could all agree, though, that once Tennessee started the season five and five, beat two ranked teams, 
you would imagine that the Vols would find a way to win one of those two final games and give themselves a chance to play in the postseason. Uh, it's not the end of the world if they don't do that, I don't think. But, you know, it, it it's a way for those seniors to extend their careers, you know, more importantly for the program's future. It's a it's a good way for those guys to, you know, those those underclassmen to go out there and, and get some more bowl experience, uh, some, some practices, I guess I should say. 15 practices is a big deal for a young developing team. So certainly a big week for those guys. And, and we have plenty to talk about today on this podcast. I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's a reason why the only voice you're hearing right now is mine. Uh, I'm very sorry about that. I know I don't even like hearing my own voice. And, you know, anytime I record this podcast intro on my own, it's funny, we sit in here and if there's two, three or four of us, I've talked about this before, but I'll, I'll go through this thing and I will, we almost never need a second take. I jokingly call myself uh, One Take Wes, uh, whether it's TV or or podcast stuff. But but honestly, when, when the four of us or three of us or how many of us are in here are in here in Fort Rucker Studio, we don't usually need a second take because it just kind of feels natural. We turn the microphone on, we start talking sports, everything kind of flows naturally. When I'm the only one sitting in here, though, and I'm talking, basically, I'm talking to you, talking with you. I'm not I'm not just sitting here. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm just having a conversation by myself, but I am kind of having a conversation by myself. And when I do that, I ultimately need like three or four takes. I mean, this is probably the, I think the third take I've tried of this. And I'm going to be honest, the first two were worse than this, but this one's not very good either. It's just not. Some things are good in life. Some things are bad. This is just closer to bad than good. But the reason we're having to do this is obviously it's a holiday week. And as I hope y'all can expect uh, or, 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 uh, I guess you can uh, appreciate or at least accept at this point. Uh, we do what we do because we love it. Uh, we do what we do for a lot of reasons. Uh, but one of those, uh, one of the things with this business is you don't get a lot of time uh, away uh, from some things. And, you know, because you think about it, you're working nine to five, most of you are, or something like that. Well, what do you do when you get home? What do you do on the weekends? You're watching sports. That's when we cover. So we're usually in holidays, same thing, right? What are you doing around Thanksgiving? You know, y'all are sitting there. You know, you're, you're at home. You're with your family, hopefully, your loved ones, and you're having some good turkey and some, some stuff and dressing, whichever you prefer to call it, uh, your cranberry sauce, all the delicious trappings that come with Thanksgiving. And you're watching football, right? Or you're watching basketball. There's always great games on that time of year. And so it's the same way with New Year's and a lot of other things. So what is your sort of leisure time would be our work time a lot of times. So uh, we don't get to spend uh, a, a ton of time sometimes with our families around the holidays. And this week uh, we're, we're obviously split up at a couple different places. Uh, Grant Ramey is in Brooklyn covering the fifth-ranked balls at the – uh, NIT, I think it's called the NIT season tip-off now. The artist formerly known as the preseason NIT grants up there uh, doing, doing what I imagine will be a great job for us, even though, you know, my best friend lives in Brooklyn, you know, since basically we were in elementary school. and, and But Grant got to be the one to do that trip. Funny how that works out. Uh, but in all seriousness, Grant's up there. He's going to do a great job for us, as always. And then the rest of us are, are kind of split up a little bit. Um, you know, Ryan is with his... Ryan Callahan's with his, uh, I believe, his in-laws there in the Midwest uh, before he gets over to Nashville Saturday for the game. Uh, Patrick Brown's holding down the fort here in Knoxville, doing a great job. I think he's spending a lot of the holidays around here this year or the Thanksgiving holidays. 
and I will be doing what it is I do every year when Tennessee plays at Vanderbilt for the final week of the season. Uh, since my wife's uh, mother and her people, you know, her, her father's in Houston, her dad's over there or in Texas, and her, her mom's over there in Houston or uh, in, in Nashville. So we go over there uh, to see them whenever Tennessee plays at Vanderbilt this week. Uh, and then whenever Tennessee hosts Vanderbilt that week, uh, they come over here to Knoxville and do some stuff with us. So this week, this this week, obviously, I will be heading to Nashville uh, on Wednesday, just after Jeremy Pruitt does his press conference after Wednesday's practice. So I'll be going over there to see the family. And uh, you know, if you ever try to record a podcast when you've got about you know half dozen kids running around screaming at each other. You know, playing tag, throwing things at each other. You know, you got got aunts and uncles fussing at each other. You got the TV turned up to like you know the eight billionth level, so the the elderly among us can can hear it. Uh, not not the most conducive podcasting environment. So, uh, had to record this one a little bit earlier before we get uh, on the road to there. Didn't want to pack up the entire studio and take it to Nashville. So, what we're gonna do since all these guys are spread around is I'm going to play, talk about a couple things with this week with football, basketball, and then I'm going to play a couple of interviews uh, for y'all. We're going to get to uh, an interviews with two senior Tennessee defensive linemen with Shy Tuttle and Paul Bain. And, you know, last week was senior week, but this is the, the final regular season game for those guys. And if they lose it, it's the final, I guess, final games of their college career. Certainly in Bain's case, it would, I would imagine it would be the last game of his football career before he goes on to dental school with those big old beautiful pearly whites he's got. That great smile, great, great kid, just a great story, former walk-on, made himself a player, you know, left uh, Tusculum, thought he could be an SEC player, so he walked on at Tennessee, ended up earning a scholarship. He's been a contributor for Tennessee the past couple years, blocked a field goal against Georgia Tech that helped to win that game. He's made a couple other big plays. Um, So this would still, I think we can agree, he's not an NFL prospect, so he's not going to play after this season. And then Shai Tuttle. You know, for a guy who came in looking like just a three-and-done stud, a guy who would be in the NFL already making money by now. You know, if you'd, if you'd have told me three or four years ago where Chai Tuttle be right now, I would have told you, oh, he's going to be an NFL rookie with a couple million dollars in his bank account. But he's had a couple injuries. Things have not gone – a couple horrific injuries, actually. Things have not gone the way that pretty much anyone anticipated there. And, and Chai Tuttle's hoping to play in the NFL, but – if he doesn't, you know, the, this in Tennessee loses this game, this could be his final game on Saturday. So I know that game to Missouri, that 50-17 to 17 loss was disappointing. It was certainly not the senior day any of those guys wanted. They do have a chance to atone for that. So sat down uh, earlier this week and spoke with a couple of those guys. Thought they had some good things to say about sort of wanting to play better for their final game. Obviously no one wants to put as much work into anything as these guys do to go out there and, and struggle. And they'll always have to know that their final game at Neyland Stadium did not go the way they wanted it to go. But if they go out there, play better this week, find a way to get a win against Vanderbilt, a pretty good Vanderbilt team, uh, not a great team, but a, but a solid Vanderbilt team, and get a chance to go to a bowl game, that, that, would, be, uh, that would atone for that at least a little bit. So I spoke with those guys about that, and then I'll probably drop in uh, an interview uh, with Jeremy Pruitt from after Wednesday's practice there at Haslam Field. We'll, we'll get that to you, and then we'll kind of wrap up and, and talk about all of that and then get out of here but I hope y'all can understand that we got a bunch of stuff going on this week we're trying to get around to do stuff with our families too I'm not really sure my family wants to see me too much but uh 
them's the breaks, guys. Them's the breaks. You're going to have to deal with me a little bit, a little bit. So sorry to my family for having to deal with me a little bit for Thanksgiving. Sorry to y'all for having to listen to this voice right now. But we'll talk a little bit about the games this week, and then we will get to the interviews. Uh, before that, I, I guess you're probably wondering why I'm not talking as much about basketball. Well, because you're saying, well, Wes, I've already seen Tennessee play Louisville. Tennessee either beat Louisville or lost to Louisville, and I want to talk about that. Hey, I get you. I feel you on that. Uh, that that makes sense. But we had to record this before those games started, so what we're going to do, we had early this week, we or late last week, we had another uh, basketball-only podcast. Ramey and I will start having those once a week now from this point forward. But since he is going directly, he went to, uh, I guess he flew out Wednesday morning to go up to uh, Brooklyn. Then he's going to be flying down very early Saturday morning, picking him up at the airport in Nashville on Saturday and then heading to the game. So he's not had a lot of time to, to sit down and do some of this stuff either. And we appreciate Grant for, for doing Thanksgiving stuff with his family on Tuesday so, so he could go to that game and cover that, that event uh, for you all this week up there in Brooklyn. But Basically, bottom line, we're not going to have much more about that until next week. We know that Tennessee has played Louisville since then. We know that Tennessee is either going to play either Kansas or Marquette or Marquette after that. Uh, likely Kansas if Tennessee beat Louisville, and if Tennessee lost to Louisville, like, likely that'd be Marquette. So, so probably we'll have uh, you know sometime by the middle of next week. Hopefully, we will have uh, a regularly scheduled basketball podcast for you, and then obviously we'll we'll do the weekly football podcast too but there's a reason why we're having to to do some of this stuff with that and there's a reason why this is a football only podcast although I got a feeling that with it being Tennessee Vandy week even though there might be a top five on top five Tennessee basketball game I think Tennessee Vandy week I think y'all probably want to talk a little bit about that game and I understand that so that's going to be the focus of this podcast Uh, very clearly the stakes for this game have been set Tennessee and Vanderbilt both five and six overall both, uh, I believe, two and five in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Tennessee lost four of these past six games. Th- this is a game that for for decades, for decades, this thing was one-way traffic. Now you've got a situation where Vanderbilt has gone out there and, and played pretty well. Vanderbilt has, uh, under James Franklin, uh, certainly played some of the best, pro- best it played in a long time in that program. And now you've got Derek Mason, who took some lumps early in his career, now is doing a pretty decent job. He in the power vest. I can feel that. I like that power vest. Say what you will about Vandy. Say what you will about Derek Mason. That power vest is pretty sweet. Uh, so we will have that to talk about. That's, this is a big, big, big game for Tennessee. Uh, you, you don't want to go 5-5 five and five and five and then go 5-7. and seven. I, I don't think that would be the end of the world, but I think that for perception's sake and for, for sake of having to fight the narrative and going on the recruiting trail – I've already seen enough to know that I think Tennessee is going to go some places under Jeremy Pruitt. I think he's a good football coach. I think he's going to get even better as a coach as time progresses. I, I think that he's guy a guy who's got a future at Tennessee as long as he wants to be there. I think he. I don't know if he's going to win a national championship or anything like that. I don't make those kinds of predictions, but I do think he's going to get the program going in a much better direction. But uh, it's one thing for me to say that. It's another for y'all to believe that. And uh, if, if you lose to Vanderbilt and you kind of end the season with a whimper, that that's going to make it tougher for some people to, to believe that because Tennessee fans, a lot of them have become jaded over the years. And for the record, I don't blame them for that. It's been a really, really tough few years uh, for this program, for, for this proud program, one of the ten winningest in, I think, in all college football history. And 
just been a really, really rough decade for them. So I understand why there would be some consternation there. But uh, So uh, this is a game you want to go ahead and win, and this is a game that Tennessee, if it plays well, should have a chance to win. Uh, we know a lot of those faces on the Vanderbilt offense. Those guys have been there for a while. Kyle Shermer, the quarterback, seems like he's been there for 85 years at this point. Uh, he's been there a while, played a lot of football. Keyshawn Vaughn, the junior running back, has kind of stepped out of Ralph Webb's shadow and become his own man there, the fourth-year junior running back, and he's been on fire the past few weeks. My goodness, he's been really good. And we know that Vanderbilt's got a big kind of veteran-laden offensive line there. We know that they've got a couple of good pass catchers. And we know that the defense has been kind of hit or miss, but we know Derek Mason was a really good defensive coordinator at Stanford and is a guy who has a, an impressive resume as a defensive coach, and he's done a pretty good job kind of containing Tennessee over the years. So that's a tough matchup for Tennessee, but it's one that Tennessee has a chance to win, I think, if Tennessee does what it's supposed to do. There's going to be a lot of talk about the status of Jarrett Garantano and Marquez Callaway this week. Uh, I think those guys are going to be game-time decisions, unless Pruitt says something different Wednesday night. At this point, I don't know why he would say anything other than that. You know, at this point, what's the point in coming out and saying something? You know, Make Vanderbilt guess a little bit. But I think with everything that we know about how tough Garantano is, he was out there throwing on Tuesday. I suspect he'll be out there throwing on Wednesday. And I suspect he'll be able to go out there and play on Saturday. I don't know that for sure, but uh, this guy has been pretty tough all season long. Uh, he's been dealing with – uh, some knee issues that have been maybe a little bit worse, I think, than they've let on at times. And I think that the game last weekend where he left early against Mizzou, I don't think that was the first time this season that his neck has bothered him. I think he's been battling through some injuries all season. Uh, certainly he was listed as a dual-threat quarterback coming out of high school, and that's probably not fair. I think he's more of a, more of a, a pocket passer kind of guy. But when you look at his rushing statistics this season, I think that – shows you pretty clearly that, that he's hobbled a little bit. He's not able to run the way normally he would be able to get out there and run. It also tells you that Tennessee's offensive line has struggled mightily to protect him. But I think bottom line is I think he'll be able to go out there and play. Uh, Mark West Callaway has been dealing with a bruised chest, I believe is what they've referred to it as throughout the week, uh, after taking what was a pretty nasty-looking hit there against Mizzou. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt defended the Mizzou player, as any good defensive-minded coach would do. He's got a soft spot for defensive guys, and – he didn't think it was a dirty play, but bottom line is it looked like it hurt. Certainly Callaway's been dinged up, but I think he's going to get out there and try to play this week. So I think both those guys should be out there. Don't know that for sure, but I'm thinking they will be. And other than that, it's um, you know it's kind of a lot of the same old guys you've seen. Yeah. I think Saturday's game showed pretty clearly. And again, I don't I don't think I'm the only one who feels this way. And I know there are some people who will disagree, but I hope that now after people got to see Chris play as much as he did on Saturday, and nothing against Chris. I think he's a great kid. I think he's uh, come in and, and given Tennessee some good reps this season. But Garantano is the starting quarterback of this team for a reason. I think he is an imperfect player, but I think he is a guy who gives Tennessee its best chance to win. He takes care of the ball. He does some good things. So, And I think the team feels comfortable with him. So I think they would be – it would probably be Tennessee's preference, obviously, for Garantano to be the guy who goes out there and plays. Uh, if it's Chris, that's fine. They'll, they'll go out there and, and give it a shot. But, but I think they'd feel better maybe about their chances a little bit with Garantano. Uh, regardless, though, that offensive line has got to play better. Uh, this league, it is hard to win games when you get beat up front as badly on both sides of the ball as Tennessee did against Mizzou. Just got clobbered. And Mizzou's got a big, strong offensive line. 
and we all know Mizzou's always got a pretty good defensive front. So there, there's a lot of a lot of things about that team that were not a good matchup for Tennessee. I said that going into the week, um, and, and I said honestly, I thought that Tennessee had a better chance to to beat Kentucky than it did Missouri, and maybe even a better chance to beat Auburn than it did Missouri because of the matchups in that game. Uh, and I think that, that that game Saturday bore that out. I think Tennessee could have played better. I think Tennessee could have made it a little more interesting. But I think if those teams played ten times, I think Mizzou would probably win eight or nine of those games. I, I really do. I think it was just just not a good matchup for Tennessee. So that is what it is. That game is in the past, and now Tennessee is focusing on Vanderbilt. And as you'll see with these couple of interviews we got coming up, we'll go first with Shy Tuttle and then with Paul Bain. Uh, they kind of want to move forward too. They don't want to think much more about that game because why would they? You can't go back and play it again. You'd love to go out there and play it again. Uh, but you can't. You got to go out there and you got to play Vanderbilt. This is a big game for those guys. Uh, Tennessee doesn't want to lose to Vanderbilt for a third consecutive season. That's um, that's basically blasphemy around these parts, even thinking something like that, let alone actually watching it happen. So uh, these guys don't want that on their legacy. They want to go out there. They want to play better. And I think we all understand why they feel that way. So we'll get to Paul Bain after this. But first, here's an interview that we had earlier this week with Tennessee senior defensive lineman. Shy Tuttle. And uh, a chance to go to a bowl game as well. It's got to be uh, motivating. Yeah, it is. You know, got Vanderbilt, you know, they're going to get their best game. So we just got to prepare hard all week and uh, get ready for a 60 minutes of battle. They got a lot of the same guys back, except for Vaughn, especially with Shermer. What impresses you about what they get done offensively? And they're, uh, shoot, they got good, good running backs. Well-experienced quarterback. He's pretty good. And they're all, all, all veterans up there, so they're going to have a game plan to execute it, and we you know, try to stop it. With Saturday being the last fall walk, can you talk about what it's like making that walk into Neyland and what the tradition means to you? Yeah, it was great. It really didn't hit me until we stopped in the middle of it, but it's crazy. It's a fun experience. I'm glad I got to, you know, do it for these past four years. Crazy. On kind of a, a sillier note, it seems like uh, looking your best is a part of that ball walk. How, how important is it to pick out that, that right outfit? <laughs> I mean, that was my last one, so I got a little help with that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's important. I mean, people like to look good, you know. Deion Sanders said look good, feel good, play good. So some people take that more serious than others. Are you holding out the, the letter jacket just for that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, someone, it was a thing we did, like, as a senior in high school, my last home game, so I just did it. Cool. So how would you describe your your battles in, with Vanderbilt? I know you have you missed you know, some time at Tennessee, but how would you describe going up against them year after year? I mean, uh, every game I played in has been a pretty uh, very competitive one. Last year, the past two years, hadn't gone the way we wanted it, but... I'm excited for this this game. It'll be a fun competitive game. Looking forward to it. With the bowl berth on the line, what what would that mean to you for your second bowl? Well, it means a lot. I mean, we uh we we don't want Saturday to be our last game, so we're gonna go out there and give it all all we got. Do you sense in practice that there's that urgency to to win this game and, and finish strong? Yeah, not not just in practice. I just think in the locker room, like. Especially the seniors, I mean, yeah. we're stressing that we want another game, so. 
Coach Brooke talked about Emma Good playing really well Saturday. How have you seen him grow over the course of the season, Shai? Uh, he, he's playing really good. He got some getting some confidence, but I mean, just from play recognition and getting more snaps on the field, he's a good player. He can play. How important? I mean, obviously, the, everything now matters about this one game now, but you know that the, the top, all y'all who start up front are seniors, and for guys like Emmett next season to, to take that step forward, how important is it for them to finish this year well to get some confidence for that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say very, well, yeah, it's very important, yeah. I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, anytime you can uh, go into next season off a of strong performance, it's going to build confidence. And with these coaches and Coach Rocker spring, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna work you hard. So you're going to have some confidence to go into next season. I know that obviously winning the game is the most important thing, but for y'all on defense, just how much how much do you just want to play better than you did against Missouri? I mean, you know, nobody you can't have that game back now, but you know, you know how many how few games either one or two you've got left. How important is it for y'all on defense to to kind of play better than you did against Missouri? I mean, it's very important for some of us. It might be our last game playing as a football player, and. We just got to empty the tank, give it all we got one last time, and uh, hopefully we get another one in in December bowl game. But I mean, anytime you play bad, you want to get out get out there as fast as you can to erase it. So you guys of late have had some better road uh, performances. Why do you think you guys have played better the last few road games? Uh, I don't think it really necessarily has anything to do with the road. It's just how well you prepare during the week and uh, how you practice. I mean, people say it all the time. It sounds cliche, but that's really how it is. Can, can you get a gauge based on how you guys practice during the week, how you'll play on Saturdays? Because it seems like for a lot of us, you don't really always know how you're going to play. Do you get a, a good feel based on how the week has gone? Yes, most definitely. Uh, me and Kyle were actually talking about this uh, on Saturday after the game, like he blocked a field goal in practice, and he ended up doing it in the game. So I mean, that stuff really does carry over. You make tackles in practice, you're gonna make it in the game. It's just preparing, getting your body right, getting your mind right. Just I mean, practice it really does like show your outcome of the game. You talk about kind of landing on the line one last time. Knowing that you know Vanderbilt's not beating Tennessee three straight times since the 20s, does that does that give you guys as seniors any more motivation to kind of make sure that doesn't that, that trend continues? Uh, yes, of course. But uh, I mean, since my time here, Vanderbilt's beaten me two or us two out of the last three years. So I mean, I'm motivated. I'm sure everyone in the locker room is, and we want to play in December. We know how it felt last year, just sitting around looking at people in the face. I mean, get home is all right for a couple of days, but more than one week there, get old, so I'm trying to play a game. Don't say the whole defense, and don't say yourself. Give me another player that has to play big Saturday for you guys to win. The whole defense got to play big. <laughs> Come on, Shy. I can't uh, I can't put no pressure on nobody like that, but we all got to play big. It's a, it's a team game. Can't sing with nobody out, for real. So what is it like to, to what, what is it like to know that the Saturday could be the last game, but also that you guys control whether it is or not? What is that dynamic like? Can you repeat the question? What is it like to know Saturday could be your last game, but you guys kind of control whether or not it is? What, what is that dynamic like? 
honestly, it's crazy. It's probably one of the most, like, crazy experiences I've been in. I mean, high school, by the, my senior year, I knew I was going to college, but, I mean, college, not to say I'm not going to try to go to the next level, but it's just like, this could be potentially your last game, so you really just got to go out there and play the best football you've ever played. Shy, what's it been with y'all? I think y'all blocked between, you know, extra points, PATs, punts. I think y'all blocked five kicks this year. And, you know, there have been several onside kicks where y'all had it called perfectly and just maybe the execution wasn't there. Do y'all feel that confident going into every game, special teams-wise, that, that you've got an edge there, that you've got things that you can you can, you can can get done? Yes, of course. I mean, by the – I mean, I don't really know nothing about kickoff or I'm in the meetings, but, uh, I mean <coughs> – uh, field goal, excuse me, field goal block and uh, stuff like that. That's just effort. So, I mean, and coaches always stress all the time that special teams is the identity of your team. So, anytime we got down the field, special teams play, we're just trying to go out there and give great effort. Yeah, I think, Shai, is, this Vander, is, is this Vanderbilt probably different than, than the Georgias, the Alabamas, the, the, you know, those sort of games that you guys also have on the schedule? I mean, we, I try to look at it as every game is a big game, but this one being the uh, last one of the season, maybe my last one of my college career, it's, it's a little different, but I'm just going to prepare for it like every other week. Thanks, Shy. That was Tennessee senior defensive lineman Shy Tuttle speaking with us earlier this week. Uh, and as we said beforehand, we were going to get to Shy Tuttle and then we're, we were going to get to Paul Bain. So, Here's an interview from earlier this week with Tennessee senior defensive lineman, former walk-on, future dentist, all-around good guy, Paul, born in the darkness, Bain. I think, as you know, I think we all need to have a big game to win Saturday. I think we can't look at one player to shoulder a lot of responsibility. I think we all have a lot of responsibility to shoulder ourselves, and we all have something to put into this game. We all have a lot of pride in this game, and we all have a lot of hard work in, that we're going to put into this game. So I think we can't look at one player. I think it's all 11 of us have to do our job. Well, you know, you grew up, obviously, in you know, not this state, but sort of this, this part of the country, and I'm sure you watched a lot of SEC ball and knew that Tennessee just usually beat Vanderbilt almost every year. How, how important is it for you all to kind of get that going again, to, to kind of to kind of get this rivalry back to a place where it used to be in terms of y'all just winning this rivalry? It's very important in terms of the alumni and the history and the and just the past people who've played here and support everybody who's associated with this great university, they know that what Tennessee stands for and they know that this rivalry means a lot. A lot of people have a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that they put into this rivalry. A lot of people have a lot of pride that they have in this rivalry. I think a lot of people will be watching on Saturday. I think we it's it's up to our it's our responsibility as players to put out the best we can and really make every all those alumni and everybody associated with the university proud to see the volunteers play. How much have you heard from alumni or fans or whatever about this rivalry, about this game since last year's uh, you hear, I hear, I hear a lot from every game because there's a lot of pride in the, in every game. But this game, more specifically, more specifically because it's for the Tennessee. This, 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 the, the pride's on the line right here. This is the two best teams in Tennessee going at once, one another once again. So it means a lot for everybody. Do you feel like with all the, 
you know, I think most people would, would agree that y'all have probably put out a better product this season than you did last year. You've been a better team. But do you need kind of a win to this game to go to a bowl to validate that for y'all to know, okay, for sure, this thing took a step in the right direction? I think we all know that we've taken, taken a step in the right direction. I think, I think we've all validated ourselves in our hard work and the way our just mentally that we're focusing and how we're focused on getting better each and every day and just taking advantage of every opportunity that we're getting. I think this game means a lot to us because I think we all do want to go to a bowl game. But in terms of validation, I think we've, we've all mentally just are continuing to work for that validation regardless of win or lose. I think we're not, we're not focused on the scoreboard. We're not focused on win or lose. We're just focused on going out there and playing the best we can play and really putting out the best work that we can put out to make everybody proud, including ourselves. Um, I think every well every game I'm in, I try to empty the tank. Every snap I'm in, I'm trying to put everything I have into it. So when it comes to this game, I think it's nothing but the same. I'm gonna go out there and put everything out there and do everything I can because that's. That's the only way I can play without any regrets is I can do my best. And that's the only thing I can do is my best. And when I know I did my best and I can sleep at night knowing I put out my best, I can live in no regret. So. With Saturday being the last fall walk, um, can you talk about what it's like to take that walk into Neyland Stadium and what that tradition means to you? It means a lot to me. It was very emotional, very humbling to walk through that one more time. and. It just reminds me of my first one. I remember just like hopping off the bus. I was thinking about, man, this is crazy. I remember, it took me back to my first ball walk. And I mean, it being a surreal, how many people were there and kind of flustered at first. And now just walking back through it kind of, re, kind of re-energized all those old emotions of the first ball walk. So it felt really nice to be able to walk through there and shake hands and see the smiling faces and, and excitement again. Well, I think that you know, winning the game is the thing that Bob that, that's the most important to y'all. And if you win it 60 to 59, I mean that's still a win. But with the way things went last week defensively, how important is it for y'all to just play better defensively? To just go out there and you know, if it's your last game or not, to play better than you did last week on defense. I think it means a lot to us. I think in terms of any time we step on this field, I think it means a lot to us to put out the best product that we can, I think it's, it means a lot to us to show the hard work that we're putting in. I think, I, I don't think we've yet to been in a game where we're showing people really the hard work we put in Monday through Friday. And I think that this weekend could be a good weekend for us. Uh, I think we're gonna put it all together and really show people how hard we've been working and really put out a product that everybody's gonna be proud of. Sure, brother, we're back. What stands out about him when y'all watch Vanderbilt? He's a good competitor. He's a good passer, accurate passer. He has a solid arm. He makes good decisions. And another thing, he just, his poise, is, he's very calm in the pocket. What's gone wrong the last two years? Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm just got to, I'm not focused on that last, on last year, the year before. And because I respect this Vanderbilt team this year. And then right now, they're getting 100% of my focus right now. Why do you think this team's kind of struggled to be consistent week in and week out? Obviously, beating a couple of ranked teams, being blown out a few times as well. Um, I just think that we just have to continue to work. I just think we just, just a lot of silly errors, mistakes, a lot of us beating us. So I think we're just going to get back and finish our work and continue to work hard.
Paul asked Shy this, and he said a couple of guys were talking about it. Can you get a sense based on how the week of practice has gone, how the team is going to play better or you know, good or bad? We're all really focused. We're all re really ready to go. And I feel that we're all going to, again, like I said, we're going to put out a product that everybody's going to be proud of on Saturday. Paul, oh, how much more difficult is it to sort of affect a, a guy who, who doesn't get rattled, a guy who's maybe a junior, senior, played the game for a while? You know, because you know that sometimes the younger quarterbacks, you get back there and you pressure them a little bit and they kind of fall apart. But how much more difficult is it to kind of to deal with a quarterback who, who can handle that stuff pretty well? Uh, it can be pretty pretty difficult, but I think the key is to get to them early, often and early. I think once you get to them a couple times in the first quarter and you continue that con that constant pressure of that pocket collapsing on them, I think that's when quarterbacks tend to get a little more antsy and they their releases start, their decisions start to become more quicker and quicker, and that's when bad decisions cap happen because they feel like they're, they have to get the ball out like this, like this, and they're making quick decisions, hate decisions, not really thinking through. So I think in terms of dealing with a quarterback of his, of his poise and his calmness, I think it's very crucial for us to get to him early and often and pressure him, make him bounce around, make his feet move a little more, and and then hopefully by the fourth quarter we'll, it'll click and he'll start making some bad decisions. Paul, have you seen your game improve since you went on scholarship and didn't have to worry about working and doing all that stuff anymore? Oh, definitely. I've seen my game improve really uh, uh, from a week-to-week -week basis, and I think that's, like, the coolest part about this process and working each and every day. I think without having that mental burden of going to work and I really allow myself to focus on film and focus on football and school has just allowed me to sim almost simplify my life more to really focus on the things I love to do, and it's, it's helped significantly and helped me improve week by week. That was Tennessee senior defensive lineman Paul, born in the darkness, Bain, former walk-on, future dentist, all-around good guy, a guy who's been enjoyable to get to know over the past couple of years, and a guy who's been a really good story, certainly if Tennessee's playing at the level that it used to play at and if Tennessee's playing at the kind of level Pruitt wants it to, to play at. And, uh, this is not going to be a guy who would get a lot of burn for Tennessee in the future, but right now uh, this is what it is. Tennessee needs him, and Paul Bain has been there to help Tennessee when they've when they've asked him to be there. So uh, it's a good story, a guy who's put forth a lot of effort, a guy who's uh, a finalist for the, the Burleson Award there for the best walk-on or, or best football player who at least was at one point was a walk-on during their college career, named after former Arkansas star Brandon Bullsworth. So that's a really neat award for Paul Bain and good to see. Uh, and I think he's a guy who uh, is going to go on to have success in life. Uh, certainly he's uh, his family's in the medical business and – you know, he, he could have gone just that route, uh, but he wanted to go that route while playing football and while playing football at a place like Tennessee. And he made those dreams a reality. So I think that's a good a good thing, a good story. Uh, and I, I don't think we've heard the last of Paul Bain. I think he's going to go on to have some success in life and do some good things. So good to, to get hear from him one last time, I guess. I'm not sure if we'll talk to him before Tennessee plays a bowl game or if Tennessee does play in a bowl game. So we will see, but uh, I promised this before we got to these interviews with the two players. As promised, uh, here is the Wednesday night conversation with Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt. So we'll get to these, uh, I'm guessing about 10 minutes or so, of quotes here from Jeremy Pruitt, and then we'll be back here and wrap it up. But here is Wednesday night's conversation with Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a great time of the year. I know growing up um, – you know, it was always big 
for the people in my community um, playing football on Thanksgiving. I think it's it over the years, you know, you, you appreciate it and uh, it's time to spend time with your family and you have your football family and uh, we're thankful for um, the men in our program and, and what they represent. Uh, we're excited about playing this weekend. Uh, got a huge rivalry game and uh, we have a lot of respect for Coach Mason and what they've done at Vanderbilt. And, um, you know, I think uh, both of us have a lot to play for. Uh, so, you know, our challenge is to is to get our guys to execute, uh, play hard, play together, and uh, we're looking forward to this Saturday. Wes, David Austin. I guess this will be maybe the second week in a row y'all played one of the, if not the most experienced quarterbacks in the league. How, when a guy's played a lot of football, I mean, he's kind of hard to, it's hard to disguise things from before the snap, when it's a hard to rally. How much more complicated or, or difficult does that make things defensively, trying to, well, they do a really good job on offense. They're very balanced. Uh, you know, I think it probably starts with a run game. Uh, you know, they're committed to running the football. They have lots of different variations when they do that. Um, you know, and I think their quarterback gets them in and out of plays uh, because of his experience. Uh, they stay out of negative plays. You know, um, he can make all the throws. Uh, he's got a good understanding for, of what they're doing. Uh, he's very well coached. Uh, doesn't make many mistakes. Uh, you know, so when, uh, with any good quarterback, you got to do a good job disguising. Um, you know, you need to force them into some um, long yardage situations. Uh, you know, they throw a lot of balls on, on first down, so to stay ahead of the chains and a lot of, a lot of boots, a lot of quick game. Uh, to get the ball out of their hand, and so um, you know we got to find a way to get pressure and and get our hands up, bat some balls. Uh, so I, I think that would be with anybody. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, how would you kind of describe what you've seen Jared play as a practice this week? I mean, they they practice every day. So sure. I think I think all their guys uh, on defense are very aggressive. Um, I, I like the way they play. You know, they they they, they play fast. They play with passion. Uh, they're physical. Play together. They get after the football. I think um, you know he he plays a lot into the boundary. I think he's I think he's a physical guy. Uh, he has a lot of experience. Has some length to him. Um, you know, and, he, and he's got ball skills, so if you, you make a mistake, he, he can make you pay. Steve, Pat, and Blake. I was trying to come off the subject with the early signing period for Shane. I'm just wondering, now that you had him, I know you were kind of in transition there, but having a year to see what how that worked with the December signing period, how has it altered the way you've gone about your recruiting strategy since so many of those guys ended up signing in December or in February last year? Well, I think based off the calendar, it's, it has sped everything up. Obviously, we had official visits, some in the spring and summer, um, so the calendar has moved up. You know, I, I would think for us in this signing class, you know, um, yeah, we, we didn't have a staff here until December the 8th or 9th, so uh, we should be ahead in this recruiting cycle. Uh, but, 
you know, you got to recruit every day of the year, um, and everybody in your program's got to recruit. So that's something that you got to balance uh, along with coaching, and um, we're we're doing that. Do you like having it December? Having it in December there? Well, I don't think it matters whether I like it or not. Uh, I don't make the rules, so I just kind of follow the rules and uh, figure out a way to try to take advantage of it. Offensive play calling? Yeah. Yeah, no, I ain't, I'm not calling no plays. I still call plays that. Yeah. You want me to call the plays? I, you know, I used to call the plays, you know, uh, but it was like wing right, 28 sweep, and wing right, 9, 28. Y'all don't want to see us out there running the wing tee, because if I was calling the plays, we'd be running the wing tee and the split back veer, so uh, it'd be a short game. Got that permanent move. <laughs> there you go. Nothing wrong with that. Jerry, it looks like Jerry makes it. Kings and Harrison with practice on defense this week. Is that an indication that that's where they're going to be? I guess beyond the season, maybe long term. Jeremy Banks and who? Yeah, Kingston, Harrison. No, um, we're not going to play Karat Garland in this game. He's played four. He's played four uh, games. Uh, so and he's and he's actually he's really improved over the course of the season. Um, and, you know, he's, he's playing probably five to eight snaps in the game. So, um, you know, to figure out a way to not force this kid into losing a year, uh, we decided to move Kingston to defense. And Jeremy Banks, you know, Jeremy, it, it's just, he's got one of those nagging ankle injuries, kind of like Juwan. You know, they're, they're everywhere, the high ankle sprains. So, uh, you know, right when he about gets well, you know, he tweaks it again. So. Um, you know, he'll probably be questionable for the game. Kind of, kind of following up on, on Garland, I guess, how much can just playing just a little bit and just a little bit of just a few games and they work on scouting, how much can that help him develop and kind of where you guys as a staff will see him Well, I think, it, I, I, I think this rule is, is great for guys like that. You know, uh, we've got four or five guys that's played, you know, in four games uh, and they've prepared to play every week in some role, you know. Uh, some of them have played on special teams, um, and you know it's something that you that you have to make a decision is is based off their role. Is it worth an entire year? You know, so um, and and you know we kind of talked through some of that was about some of our guys. Jesse Thompson, Ty was kind of working over the side day while we were out there. Is that just kind of No, Ty, Ty practiced. He practiced. He uh, he he tweaked his knee there to start practice a little bit, and you know he's uh, he he's been kind of day to day. And Ty's a tough guy, and he's he's a little bit banged up, but he'll be ready to go. Austin and David, coach for a long time, better about how to struggle with the success of the program. Jake Franklin came in, gave him a shot. How's Derek Mason kind of sustain that competitiveness there, man? Well, you know, I've just, I've really just met Derek since I really got to Tennessee, you know, in the head coaches meetings and things like that. But uh, just kind of looking, watching his teams play, uh, you know, I, I think they play the right way. You know, they're very competitive. Um, you know, they play hard. They never quit. Uh, 
So um, I think they do a really good job on both sides of the ball. I've coached against them. Uh, and, you know, they've always been very well coached, fundamentally sound, and uh, done a really good job. David and Lance. what was the sort of the timing of Jeremy going back to Yeah, we got, I mean, um, Jeremy would have stayed at linebacker um, probably if we hadn't got some guys hurt, you know. Um, and, you know, we, we moved him back. But, you know, when you when you got the ball and you got 11 guys trying to tackle you, you know, it, it's hard to play with a kind of a bad ankle. So um, just trying to find a way. We got some guys banged up at linebacker. I mean, we obviously have some depth issues uh, probably all over our team. Uh, so just trying to find the right guys and uh, making smart moves. Well, that's the line. Hey, I know that, that maybe, maybe two of the past three weeks, Andy hadn't played some of the better defenses in the league statistically, but when you look at the whole season, Bonds had 7.1 a carry. And in this league, I mean, you know how difficult that is to do. And is that – is that stuff there scheming up well for him, blocking for him, or is he getting a lot of that on his own when you're breaking that down? Yeah, I think he's really good back. Um, you know, he's he's got good size, he's got good speed, good vision, uh, has balance. Uh, he he's he's a physical runner. He finishes off his runs, has lots of runs after contact. He can make you miss. And, and they have a really good scheme. You know, they've got a quarterback that can stretch the field. They've got some playmakers on the outside. And uh, some of the things they do in the run game uh, make you play from sideline to sideline. Blake, Jesse, David, you mentioned Garland at four games. I think you have three other guys at that four-game mark, Javon uh, Bennett, uh, J.J. Peterson, I think Cedric Tillman. Do you plan on – what's the plan, I guess, with those guys you know, I, we're, we're, we're not going to play any of those guys. We're going to – I've talked to them, and uh, I think moving forward it's the best thing for for those guys. I mean, you look at Cedric Tillman. I mean, he's a guy that's, that's played in four games, uh, and he's took tons of reps this fall. Uh, so just being fair to him down the road. I mean, uh, J.J.'s the same deal. Got, got in here the second week of the season, uh, you know, four years from now they'll have a choice you know so I look back and think about guys at uh, their fifth year and how they developed as players I mean I look last year you know um, there's a guy Levi Wallace uh, that played it was a former walk-on uh, I think now he's playing for the Buffalo Bills it really didn't become a starter till his last year you know uh, another guy was Ryan Anderson I can remember when he was a young kid I mean, he was griping because he was getting redshirted, you know. But he sure was proud that senior year, this fifth year. Does that make sense? So probably, I don't remember what round he got drafted in, but he probably improved his draft stock by four or five rounds, and you don't get that money back. If Simi wins that or Nick Bowl, the plan would be the same. Yeah. yeah. Right. Last couple, David Justin. Fair program. Um, you know, we're going we're going to practice. We'll obviously practice early. We want to give guys uh, the opportunity to to go and spend time with their families if it's close enough. And uh, you know, I think it's important that 
you know, everybody spends somewhere with thank, you know, for Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, everybody in our program, from our equipment managers to our trainers to our players to our coaches, uh, you know, when you look at it, I guess it, probably how many people's in this building that works under this program, you know, I don't know. We're probably from all over the country, you know. So Coach Niedemeyer's from Alaska. You know, we got some guys from Miami, Florida. Um, so uh, Coach Oz is from Jersey. So, um, you know, you, can, you have your football family, and we, and we appreciate our football family. We're thankful for it. We're all thankful for the opportunity, and we enjoy being around each other. Um, so, you know, I told them as much as my wife's cook, you know, if, if they eat at their coaches or eat at their parents' house and they want to come back to my house tomorrow night, come on back because I don't need all that food in the refrigerator. Jesse, last one. Jerry, with, with the way the offensive lines have been up and down this season, what have you seen from them doing these three games for three weeks of uh, practice? What have we seen this week? Yeah, I mean, I think our guys have, um, they've worked hard every week. Um, you know, worked hard to understand uh, what we're trying to get done. You know, when you play offensive line, it's one of the toughest positions to play. Because uh, lots of times when one guy moves or two guy moves on the defensive side, it don't just affect one guy, it affects all five of them and possibly a tight end, maybe even um, fullback or something so they got to work together um, at least the group we we've got playing now played together for the last couple of weeks um, so you know the longer you play together you, you get more comfortable which creates some confidence um, so you know this will be this will be another week and uh, it'll be a big challenge for those guys all right thanks y'all have a happy Thanksgiving that was Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt speaking Wednesday night on several topics pertaining to Tennessee's game against the Commodores of Vanderbilt. Big game for Tennessee coming up, certainly. Big game for Vanderbilt, too, you could say. But certainly a big game for Tennessee and one that we will be back next week to, to break down in its entirety. We will talk about what that game means. We will talk about whether... Tennessee now is uh, a bowl team or whether Tennessee is now going firmly into recruiting mode and and thinking about the future so when we're back next week guys we will have uh, we'll have plenty to talk about we'll have some some current football we'll have some recently played football and we'll have some hopefully some perspective on where things are for Tennessee right now big 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 weekend coming up for the balls big big weekend so thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for hearing just me. I know it's a little bit different without hearing the sexy tones of my coworkers alongside me here. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, those guys need to be with their families too and some things that needed to get done this week. So thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel with a little football, a little basketball, maybe even some perspective on life. Maybe we'll just have some chronicles of Grant Ramey, Country Bumpkin, out there in the wilds of New York. Maybe. Never know. Guys, be safe on the road this week. I know a lot of y'all are on the road like we are for the holidays. You're with your family. 
you know, be patient, be kind. Those other people on the road, they're trying to get to their families too. So make sure everyone arrives there in one piece. Certainly if you've had too much turkey or too much uh, vino, stay on, stay home, get a cab. Don't be out there doing anything foolish. If you're out there for Black Friday, if you're one of those people, don't even get me started on Black Friday. Every year, the wife, do you want to go? Nope, sure don't. Mm-mm, no desire to do that. But for those of you who are out there doing that, be safe. There's no article of clothing, no electronic good worth dying for, worth hurting someone else for. Go out there and be safe. Have a good time. Enjoy your holidays. Come back in one piece, and we will be back next week to talk more about the balls. Thanks, guys.